say the game is getting old. Monday morning and your coffee's cold. Life is not Hello everyone and welcome to a new direction. My name is Jay Izzo and oh man, do we have another great show for you. Of course it's going to be another great show. I have another great guest that's going to be that way. It's the way it always works here on A New Direction. You know what? Great guests make great shows, okay? And I have another great one uh, for you today. You know, a little bit of a change of pace. Uh, some of you may have seen earlier, I uh, was going to be doing an interview with somebody else. And unfortunately, uh, the author who was going to come on the show... I had to go to the hospital in an emergency, and so we we wish him well because we certainly uh, don't want uh, people to go to the hospital. And uh, evidently, there were some uh, medical concerns there, and so uh, I was scrambling, and I was like, "Oh man, what am I going to do?" Because I know that so many of you, uh, DBTV, thank you for watching. By the way, all of you all over the world uh, watch the show and like to see new shows, and then also I know that. All of you who are listening on terrestrial radio from coast to coast on uh, AM FM 24-7, uh, thank you for doing that. And also people in Dublin, Ireland, and the Philippines who listen to the show on radio, uh, thank you for doing that as well. And then, of course, people who podcast. And I appreciate you doing that. Give us a thumbs up on YouTube, by the way, too, for those YouTube listeners, watchers. Uh, and so I was like scrambling. And you know that I have three things uh, about me, and that is one, my core values, uh, three of my core values are attitude, effort, and resiliency. And so um, I was disappointed, but I would, took control of my attitude. Um, I, I needed to make a better effort. So I was trying to figure out, okay, what can I make an effort to do? How can I do this? And I was going through, you know, okay, do. And then, you know, here's the perseverance part, the resiliency part, right? So then I called my friend Judd. And uh, my friend Judd is a senior vice president, and that's a joke between us, but he really is the senior vice president of Madison Global. And uh, I said, hey, listen, I am in a bind, uh, last minute author, uh, cancels out. I said, can you do a show? And he says, sure. What time? And he goes, what do you want to talk about? And I go, well, let's talk about what you know. And that is that you're the senior, senior vice president of sales for Madison global. So let's do that and talk about what you know in sales, because I have so many people who watch the show who are salespeople and you want to go, you know, I could use some help being better at sales. Well, who better to talk to than the senior vice president of sales for a company that sells to fortune 500 companies. I can't think of a better way. I know the show is typically about books. It's not going to be about books today. It's going to be about you and it's going to be about you uh, and, and you as a salesperson. And by the way, we're all in sales. Trust me, I had to do it with my wife. All right? I did pretty good on that one because I married way up, okay, if you know my wife. And so, um, and Judd probably would say the same thing about his wife too, that he did a really nice sales job there. So um, that's what we're talking about is sales today. So if you got questions on sales uh, about being a salesperson, please uh, come in and, uh, and, and ask your questions. Type them in wherever you're watching. Whether it's, uh, we're alive all over the place. So before we get to Judd, and we talk about sales. Let's do what we do every week, right? We're four-part people, physical, mental, emotional, spiritual people. Uh, we got to be working on ourselves every day. If we're not working on ourselves every day, you know, the truth is we're, if you're not growing, you're dying, you know, and we got to be in constant growth. And I know Judd takes this seriously too, because, uh, you know, Judd's, you know, we, we have the physical, let's take the physical, you know, eating right, uh, getting enough exercise, drinking enough water, getting enough sleep. And you know what? Judd is really, it's important to him, you know, probably more so than it's ever been. 
his his health, and he's really taking those things to consider. He's losing weight, and he's doing things, getting more exercise. But how about you? On a scale of one to ten, one being ugh, ten being yay, I can't get any better. How would you say you're doing five being average? Okay, now listen, if your number is a two, I don't want you to get alarmed and go, oh, golly, I'm awful. No, 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 no. Now, what that just means is that's a starting place for us to grow from, right? You know, and, and, and you may be sitting here and you're maybe driving down the road, right? And there's a bag of chips next to you. You know, maybe just fold the bag up right now, you know? Possibly get rid of that can of soda that you have next to you right there. Stop drinking it. Go, go. You see that little, see that little gas and stop right there in front of you. Yeah, stop in there, get a bottle of water. All right, that, that's what we're talking about here. All right, so that's your first, that, whatever that number is, your first number. Second number is your mental intellectual number. Listen, we we can't grow if we're not constantly in learning, and we have to constantly be learning. And 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 there is no growth if you're not challenging yourself and you're not being an active participant in that learning process. Whether that's reading a book, whatever it may be, what are you doing to to exercise your mind? Both the right side, which is more your creative side, and the left side, which is more of your uh, logical side. Right? Uh, Judd and I recently spent some time together, and you know we had some great conversations uh, that were really stimulated some thoughts, and and it made me think, you know, am I grow? Where am I growing to? And I know he was doing the same thing for himself. You know, where does he want to grow next? And it's great, it's great conversation. And, you know, I knew I had work to do. And I was like, oh, you know, I could do some more research and do some more work, right? So on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you say you're doing mentally, intellectually? Third number, emotionally. I make it really simple. A lot of research done in emotional intelligence and emotional quotients, uh, especially done by Daniel Goleman. And the first is, you know, how well are you able to control your emotions under stress and pressure? Have you ever been hangry? You know what I mean? You know, when you're hungry and you're angry, right? have you ever been hangry? Can you control your emotions when you feel a little hangry? And then the second part is how well you're able to tap into and understand the emotions of others. I'm going to promise you that the one thing that uh, senior Vice President Judd Weiskill is going to say is he's going to say to you, you really do need to understand where the other person you are selling to is emotionally at. So you better be able to understand the emotions of another person. Uh, That's really important. And you will need to control your emotions because I promise you they're going to test you. Right? So on a scale of 1 to 10, what would that number be? And then finally, the spiritual number. And, and here's the deal with spiritual number. Uh, I know a lot of you say I'm not real spiritual. We're all spiritual, okay? We all live by faith. Uh, you, you drink your cup of coffee. You believe it's not going to be poisonous. You push the button on your car. You believe that it was going to start. You make plans for the future. And the fact of the matter is they haven't happened yet, but you do believe that they're going to happen. You, you you know what? You You believe that there's something that helps you bring me back to centeredness when you're in the middle of your own chaos there's there's something we, we connect with each other beyond the emotional the physical and the and the mental there is this other connection that exists between others there's this human spirit that lives with inside us that lets pushes us to another level we're all spiritual on some level right and whatever brings you back to chaos brings you out of your chaos back to peace or joy whether that's god or nature or meditation or something else question is what are you doing and how's it working and on a scale of 1 to 10, how would you say you're doing? Uh, those four numbers are like the air in the tires of your car. If one of the tires is low, what happens? Well, you know, uh, you are going to 
veer, the car's going to veer one way or another. If the tire, if you've got all four tires low, well, you're going to ruin the car over the course of time. And speaking of someone who's got his tires all to the right height and right level, is uh, Judd Weisgill. He is the senior vice, vice senior vice president of sales for Madison Global Performance Group, which is a leader in the employee recognition and incentive industry. Uh, Judd has spent part of, has been part of the cell design, development, implementation of over 100 employee recognition programs for the Fortune 500. Uh, he has led action. He has led an action-packed career that has afforded him a great opportunity to see many companies from various angles. That job is also an entertaining and energetic speaker, sales trainer, and sales mentor who has educated numerous salespeople and personally has sold to Fortune 500 organizations uh, on the power of recognition and the importance of employee engagement. Uh, he, Judd, I will tell you this, this is absolutely true. He challenges accepted concepts, period. And he raises new ideas for consideration. It's really true. It's why I love being spending time with him. Uh, he leaves audiences, including me, inspired and curious to explore the possibilities for themselves and develop greater success in all that they do, um, as well as the companies they work for and with. So ladies and gentlemen, please welcome to the show again and his return, uh, Judd Weisgill. Judd, welcome back to A New Direction. Thank you so much. Thank you for the lovely introduction. Hi, you're welcome. Uh, great to have you back. Uh, thanks for coming on such short notice. Um, so we're going to talk sales today. Um, how many salespeople do, as a senior vice president, by the way, I, 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 people hear me say this a lot. There's a little joke uh, that, 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 that goes behind the senior vice president thing. Uh, how many people do you lead as the uh, SVP for Madison Global? So in our organization, both um, uh, directly and indirectly, I have responsibility for just under 100 people. Okay. So is it safe to say that uh, as you interact with, I would say, if not all, most all of these salespeople on a regular basis, is it safe to say that they all come in different personalities? <laughs> Without a doubt. And they're... Um, uh, it, it's so funny because the way I like to think of all of our salespeople is, is simply the way you think of your friends group, right? Mm. Your friends, no two are alike, really. They're all very different people. Some are better talkers, some are better listeners, some are high energy, some are low energy, some are, you know, have a great sense of humor, other are really, you know, intellectual and they, they think about mm. every word before they say, that's that's the salespeople, right? They're, they're just human beings having a human experience, doing human things. And so they come in all flavors and all varieties. Okay, all right. So the reason I'm the reason I'm attacking this this way is because I I don't want people who are watching, listening to the show, to think that I have to be a certain personality to be a successful salesperson, right? It, 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 you do not. Okay. And you know, one of the things you talk about, Jay, is authenticity. Mm -hmm. um, and to me, that's fundamental. That's foundational to successful careers in sales. You have to be authentic. You have to be you. Now, not everyone's going to like you all the time, right? <laughs> There's going to be that someone that you meet that just you don't click with, you don't vibe with. Sure. It doesn't work. But what will never fail you is being true to you and who you are and, and being authentic because that leads to the other things in sales that are important, which are passion and honesty and, and helpfulness and gratitude and all the good things that come along with it. But it has to start with knowing who you are and being that person authentically all the time. I have, I, I, when I wrote this up, the word alchemy kept coming to mind when it comes to sales, because I know there's a science to it, at least some science to it. There seems to be on some level. And then I also know there's an art to it. 
And then there is a psychology to it. There is a philosophy and maybe multiple philosophies to it. And then they all come together and there's also something magical that, you know, turns sales to gold, right? Because that's what it really is. Alchemy. When you think about alchemy is what is the elixir that, that takes, you know, me as a person and whatever I'm representing the product or service I'm representing, and then turns that into gold for the company or myself. And so I look at it as alchemy, Mm. but so what I want to piece apart though, is I know that there are certain things that have to happen in the sales cycle. Right, I have to prospect, right? Yep. So, and I know I got to prospect, I got to have to get an appointment and depending on what type of sales, whether it's B2B or B2C, that appointment that I get may not be, that's not going to maybe be the sales appointment. That may be the appointment to get to the appointment. It's, and if I can interject there, that's a good place to pause and expand upon, right? So my, my line to all of my people is nothing's changed about getting um, a sale in 10,000 years, except for how you get the meeting. <laughs> how you get the meeting has fundamentally changed and over and over and over and over, it continues to change. And in a, you know, um, after COVID and after that, now we have hybrid workforce, you might be cold calling on someone who's not sitting at the other end of the phone. They're not even there. You're calling an office that, that doesn't have a body sitting in a seat. So there's um, a very important aspect that I always focus on, which is your, and and you said it, your initial call should not be to sell anything. In my opinion, my experience, nobody wants to be sold to. They want to be helped. And so your first responsibility is if you believe in your heart and soul, you can help them by providing your product or service or some combination thereof. What you need to do is add value very quickly to their life, to their um, goals and objectives to earn the right to get an actual meeting, right? You don't have any rights out of the gate. That would be entitlement. I'm entitled to sell you this. I'm not entitled to sell you this. I want to sell you this. I'm, I'm, I'm hoping I can sell you this. And the way I'd like to prove my, my value as an organization, as an individual, is I'd like to spend 15 minutes learning about you, learning about what it is that you are trying to achieve. And then if, and I usually say how and if we may be of service. I'd like to learn how and if we may be of service because ultimately to me, that's what sales is. It's being of service. There's that whole um, commodity driven sales that we see in the movies, the Wolf of Wall Street and every other sales, Glenn Gary, Glenn Ross, that's not sales, right? That's Hollywood. That's um, maybe a few salespeople that we've all run into in life that are just pushy and trying to shove something at us, but that's round peg square hole mentality. What we're really trying to do is we're trying to understand if there's an opportunity to be of service. That starts with a conversation to uncover that opportunity. And what I think is really important is that you're clear in that intention from the moment you get the opportunity to speak to someone so that you can get that meeting. And I believe firmly that that's how you get meetings these days, right? You get meetings by earning them based on care and uh, integrity and focus, but mostly value. How can I add value? And a quick example of that might be when I speak to someone and they're hesitant to take a meeting, right? Perhaps the reason they're hesitant to take a meeting is because they're working on something that's just higher priority than what you called about. They weren't waiting for your call, right? <laughs> so they're, they're at least not for my calls. They never wait for my calls, but maybe for yours, Jay. But the, but the, the end result is I'm interrupting their day. I'm interrupting their day. They were not expecting to hear from me. 
So now if I'm going to interrupt your day, I best have some value to add. Or if I don't understand yet how I could add value, I best be prepared to quickly explain how I'm going to add value should you allow me to. So everything is very humble. Everything is very gratitude based and everything is very much about them, not you, not your product, not your service. And there's a simple reason. Nobody asked yet. Mm. Nobody asked yet. Mm. That's beautiful. Yeah. Adding value. Okay. So let's, let's, let's back this up just a little bit to the prospecting piece because uh, I, you know, I coach a lot of uh, businesses and people and they have salespeople and sometimes they say, yeah, they just won't go down and prospect. I struggle with them prospecting for new clients and getting new clients. I'm, I'm assuming, and this is a big assumption and I know the danger of doing, doing that with you, but do you face those same issues as a, a senior vice president? <laughs> well, so one of the things that I challenge myself to do is um, always be selling, be in the field, be active. So I have my team that sells, but I sell too. So I make my own cold calls. I want to keep myself sharp, fresh, and prove to my people that I'm willing to do whatever it is I ask of them. So I do it too. So I have my days where no one says yes. I have my days where everyone says yes and, and somewhere in between. The reality is people don't like to prospect because it's the worst part of the job. When you choose to prospect, you are just described a moment ago. You're spending your entire day interrupting folks and asking them, please don't be mad at me. And more so, please listen to me. Mm. That is a very emotionally challenging thing to embark on, especially to do it every single day, day in, day out. And so what I always suggest is don't throw the spaghetti at the wall. Find some targeted folks that you really want to speak to. And then before you email, before you LinkedIn, before you pick up the phone, before you do anything, research. It's so simple. The data is out there. I can find out where you went to college, you know, who you're married to, what your interests are. I can find your Instagram and guess what? That's going to start to put an outline to who you are as a person, your digital footprint. And that digital footprint is going to tell me before I ever speak to you what we might have in common. Maybe uh, like me, you love your pets and you have, you know, a new puppy. And that can be the thing that you call and talk about. Crazy as that sounds, that's how you're going to prove to the person on the other end of the phone that you too are a human being and that you're not calling to push nor pull. You're calling to strategize, help, add value. And so you have to really fundamentally earn that by putting in the work to do the research. If you don't put in the work to do the research, you're, you are just calling someone and interrupting their day, right? That's a point of fact. So if I call you and you're a very busy person, Jay, you have many, many things going on every day. If I interrupt your day, you don't know who I am. And I believe after researching that I absolutely have something that will help you, right? The urge is to blurt that out, right? Uh, let's just imagine that I know for some strange reason in this, in this uh, scenario that you're just absolutely starving and I sell, and I sell hamburgers, right? My urge is to call and say, so I hear you're hungry. I sell burgers. How many would you like? <laughs> Right? And and that might sound great, except I didn't research and find out you don't eat meat. I just lost it all. I just lost everything. My one shot is gone. I did not prepare. I said the wrong thing. So it's a comical, very simplified view of how you can just ruin your one opportunity. But I go back to people aren't sitting by the phone waiting for you. If you actually get them, if you send them an email, 
You want to make sure that you're adding value, but it's based on what you've learned. You're also asking for permission to learn more. Um, there may not be an opportunity today. I can't tell you how many times in our industry and in my life as a salesperson over 25 plus years, I speak to people and the opportunity comes six months later, nine months later. But it was because of that initial conversation where I wasn't trying to sell that I was offered the opportunity to sell. That's beautiful. His name is Judd Weisel. He's the senior vice president of Madison Global. And he is talking about the alchemy of successful sales. And you're listening to him here on a new direction. Hey folks, Epic Physical Therapy, whether you're recovering from injury or surgery, suffering everyday aches and pains, having difficulty performing activities, daily living, maybe you're a professional athlete, want to just perform better. Listen, when you're looking for your epic relief, your epic recovery, your epic results, the, 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 the elite team at Epic PT will provide you with a customized treatment plan for you. Just go to epicpt.com. It's E-P-I-C pt.com and lindacraft team realtors 39 years uh they have been helping people all over the world transition in life and you say whoa wait a minute they're a real estate company how do they help them transition well think about it. every place you've ever lived has been a transition in life you know think about it it has right so listen when you're ready to make that next transition whether you're selling a home buying a home you know check out the folks at lindacraft and team lindacraft team realtors it's lindacraft.com l-i-n-d-a-c-r-a-f-t.com and we're back here on a new direction uh, with uh, my friend, and uh, really, truly is really he's one of my best friends, honestly. And uh, he's doing a show. He's also senior vice president of Madison Global. Uh, his name is Judd Weisgall, and he's talking about helping you become more successful in sales. And uh, we've talked a little bit about prospecting. We've talked about getting that that next call a little bit here. Uh, let's let's talk about the conversation. Uh, you know, because, you know, you've, you've talked about, okay, you know, I'm trying to just get the meeting and, and, and I've had other authors and professionals on here who said the biggest mistake to do is they get the meeting. Now they're in the meeting and they want to push the sale in the meeting. So now they're face to face and they want to push the sale and they're going, wait, 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 wait. And they, 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 they're all saying, pull the reins back a little bit here because it, it shouldn't be. What what is the strategy for you now? You've got the face to face meeting. What's the strategy once you have the face to face meeting? How do you gauge that? Do you? I know for you, you probably have to prepare a. Uh, you have to have a preparation of some sort of a presentation that you're probably doing for them, um, and yeah. that may not be true of every you know type of business. But give us a scenario that maybe that you go through to get that done. Yeah, and I think it's. Um... It's simple in explanation and it's difficult in execution, right? But at high level, what we look to do and what I always look to do and what I teach is to try to give them the opportunity, your prospect, the opportunity to explain where they are, right? What's going on today? Because if I know what's going on today, I can then ask the very next question, which is, and what would you like to happen? Where, where do you wish things were? It sort of goes back to your opening with your, you know, four pillars, right? Do you want your three to be a five or are you happy with it as a three because you want to work on the other tire that you mentioned and make that a nine, right? That's more what I'm, so then I can go from where are you today to where would you like to be? And then I can ask a very simple question. What are you doing to get there? What are you doing to get there? And when there's some, you know, delay or I see a little bit of discomfort, I want them to just confide in me. What's the issues or challenges that are stopping you from those, those, those plans you're making? There's something stopping you. 
And I don't know if I can move it, um, but maybe I can help. Maybe I can help. Very, very, very humble in the whole process. And the reason I keep saying humble is because it's so important not to assume you know. You as a salesperson have seen this movie 47,000 times. You know, you know the answer. You know already, if you've been doing this for some amount of time, the issues and challenges they're going to face. They're the same ones, but you can't assume that, right? Because guess what? One out of every 100 is gonna be one you never heard of. And if you assumed it, you lost that opportunity and you were not able to help someone that you probably could have helped. We then move to a discussion pattern. And my discussion pattern is very um, uh, much aligned with my discovery pattern. So I've allowed them to share who, the, who and what they are and what they're working on, what their goals are, where they, you know, what are they doing to try and get there and what's, or who sometimes is standing in your way, right? In your organization. So then let's talk about um, how all of that, right? They might've told you 20 things, but only four are relevant to ways you can help them. Be candid on that. Listen, I really appreciate you sharing those 20 things with me, right? Four of them ring true in my mind as areas I might be able to help. And you start aligning yourself with them in those areas. You can't be everything to everyone, don't pretend, right? Don't yes them, don't, don't, don't smoke screen them, be authentic. I can help you in four areas that you mentioned if you let me and if you'd like to discuss them. I think I can help you in those four areas. And so here's what I then request. I request permission to do that. That's the asking for the sale. See, salespeople and professionals are often told, ask for the sale, ask for the sale. The sale is a progression. It's not the entire sale. It's a part of the sale. I'm asking you not to marry me, but may we go on a date. And if that date goes well, can we go on a second date and a third date and a fourth date and so on? And however many dates is appropriate in this uh, analogy to your business model. But I don't wanna ask you, would you like to get married? on the first date because that would be insane and so that's what happens though to those salespeople who quote unquote ask for the sale ask for the sale i want to ask you based on the things that we just talked about and my ability to potentially help you with the four that i know i usually have success in helping people with may i have the opportunity to talk more about that with you and not today let me come back i want to i want to think it through i come back on the next one i make a presentation about those four things and the value it might add then we progress. Who else needs to be part of this conversation? No, no, no man or woman is an island, right? Who else do we need to bring in? What are there? Then I repeat the process with them prior to the meeting. I'd like to know what you think your state of the union is today and what your objectives are. This will allow us to eventually cycle through the decision makers, the, the action takers, the, the, the cheerleaders, who all the people are within the organization and their specific role. And that allows you to really understand how to sell to that specific prospect. And it's always different. Uh, it's That's beautiful, by the way. I, lo I love the marriage now, the dating and marriage analogy. That's that's absolutely phenomenal. You know, do you, you remember the movie uh, Glengarry Gary Ross, right? Right, I, 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 it was David Mamet, I think, wrote it, right? Yep. And I think it was with uh, Alec Baldwin, Kevin Spacey, Jack Lemmon, I think we're, we're all part of it uh, on the movies. And... Uh, Alec Baldwin's character comes in with the suit briefcase and the Rolex watch and the whole thing. And it was ABC, always be closing. And I still think that there's a lot of that in our sales today. Uh, and, and don't get me wrong, we do have to eventually close <laughs> the sale, 
right? Yes. So help us kind of navigate uh, ABC always be closing to what's the appropriate close. Yeah, I, I, I think it goes back to the word progressions that I used. Always be progressing. Mm. So you want to ask for the next progression. You want to ask for what makes sense after what just happened. We just had a really good discussion about the four things I could potentially help you with. So my next logical question is, can we have a meeting about those four things in deep dive? Mm. When I'm done with that, logically, my next step is probably can I have another follow-up after this to present to you some of my ideas on solutions and we'll, we'll you know, brainstorm together and see which ones you like. And then on maybe the following one, one of the four things becomes really clear and it makes sense. You'll feel it in your gut. It makes sense to say, I now want to ask for the sale of this piece. I believe based on this, we should proceed to work together, you know, and I'd like to ask if we can do that. Now, if this is where it gets interesting, if there's pushback, it means one of two things. You didn't uncover the whole truth in your process. They left something out, right? And that's where I think your successful salespeople um, know how to tactfully charge forward and your less successful salespeople take it as an L and move on to the next prospect, right? I will always challenge a prospect with, if you're saying no, it means I missed something. Because if we just said, we know that I sell umbrellas, we know that it's going to rain, we know you don't have an umbrella, we know you don't want to get wet, we, it's a truth table, right, Jay? If, then, if, and, or then. If that truth table is accurate, it's really um, not quite believable then that, that the answer would be false from you. It would have to be a truth. If the whole truth table that we just did. So what I'll politely do is show them the truth table. We talked about this, we talked about this, we talked about this. I think we can agree then that this is the next step. If you're not ready to take it, that's my fault. What did I miss? What didn't I ask? What didn't we discuss? What's holding you back? There's always an answer and you wanna make it comfortable for them to be honest and candid with you. Maybe they can't afford it. Maybe they the timing is off. Maybe they have an illness. Maybe they're having a, a friend visit for the next month and this isn't really what they wanna focus on, but they are interested. So give them the space but ask them to be candid. And I think that's so much of what happens, but there's a, um, there's a strong risk in that part, right? If you don't do that part really gently and with real care, it will come across as pushy and arrogant. You're not trying to be pushy and arrogant. You're trying to truly express concern because my whole existence as a professional is to help you. I just uncovered a path a truth table that leads to me helping you, but the answer I'm getting is false, not true. What happened? Help me, help me understand. It's okay, by the way, give them the out. It's okay if this is where the conversation ends, but for us today, I'd really like to understand what did I miss so that I can at least understand if this is no for today, no for tomorrow, no forever. And uh, I'm a big fan of this is where the authenticity comes in. Just be you. Ask that how you would ask it of your best friend, right? If I asked you out to, to go have a, 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 a dinner and I know that you're free that night, but you're saying no, what would we say to our best friend? We'd say, Jay, I know, I know you're free tonight. Why don't you want to go get dinner with me? What's up? That's how we would talk to them. Polish that up just a little, but that's the tone. What's going on? Is, every, like, is Are you okay? Is something wrong? 
Did I miss, you know, am I missing something here? Are you not feeling well? These are the things we would say to people we know and love. But when we're in a business situation, we forget to be human. We forget to be ourselves. We forget to be what I jokingly call normal, right? It's a very normal thing to, for you to ask somebody who's not presenting well, what's up? Are you okay? What's going on? How can I help? And if you get to a truth table that is true, 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 and the prospect says, but the answer is false, you miss something. That's really good. Okay. So in this process that we're um, talking about here, uh, you've, you've 25 years of experience selling. Uh, you've, you've been around a lot of salespeople. You work with a lot of salespeople, you've more, almost 100 people. Um, what are the glaring weaknesses that you see in salespeople when it, whether it's the process or something else that you go, okay, this is where I see, this is how I know somebody's going to probably not do really very, or do very well in this industry. And, and then what do you do when you have that? Is, are they salvageable? Is there things that you could do? Or is there sometimes, just explain it. <laughs> you know where I'm going, you know where I'm going with this. I do. So it's, it's really interesting. So if we look at what I see, right, Judd's, Judd's view of this after two and a half decades and, and you know, working with hundreds of salespeople over the career, uh, training them all and, and, and watching them, um, you alluded earlier that it's art and science. Mm-hmm. But science is infallible. There is a process. And when you follow the process, that the process doesn't fail you, but the art might fail you, right? Because it's art. I could paint the most beautiful picture but it's a Picasso style and someone doesn't like that Picasso style, right? So that's where it gets to be down to um, uh, a few, what I would call sort of specialized things. One, we look at your tenacity, right? It takes a great deal of tenacity to pick up the phone constantly and try to um, convince people to talk to you. Then it's confidence, but the word confidence is um, really, really important to define in this scenario. We all know type A personality, confident people, and that's not what I mean. Your confidence has to be in your calling because you really want to help them. If you hold confidence in the service aspect of this, I'm, I'm, I'm providing service, right? Yes, I get paid if, if, if you buy something. That's irrelevant. Everybody gets paid to do something. But if in your heart you have that confidence in, I am calling to help. You may not, I may not have done the best job explaining that, you may not have heard it. We may have a miscommunication. All those things are possible. But people who will follow the science to the letter of the law can be artful about expressing their desire to, to be of service. That's when the art and science marries really well. And the best salespeople, they all do that art part differently, but the science part holds true. So they might do the same uh, type of presentation I just walked everyone through, which is where are you today? Where do you want to be? But their way of, of, of expressing a desire to provide service is different than mine. Mine might come through humor. Theirs might come through opening up about themselves. Uh, another person's might come from just saying, this is who else I've done this for. And I, I feel so strongly I can help you do it. And, and there's myriad ways for that to happen. But I do strongly believe that if you present that you are and you believe confidently that I am calling you to be of service, you'll never be shakable. No one can shake me on a sales call. Mm. That's awesome. <laughs> Seriously, that's just, I mean, that's, that's, you know, I mean, of all the conversations that we had, and we've had a lot of conversations about a lot of different things. We, we, I've never dug in this deep with you 
on mm. sales before. And, uh, you know, I'm, I, I get mesmerized by you sometimes when you're, when you're talking about this because I'm like, okay, these are things I want to think about. and they're just, But they're just so good because they're so applicable across the board regardless if it's B2B, B2C. All right, so this moves me then to the question of how how do I, you know, if I feel a little shy about doing what I'm doing, how do I get past that? Because, mm-hmm. you know, I people want to think that everybody is like us, we're extroverts. There's a lot of introverts who are extraordinarily successful. So there's got to be something in, there's got to be some, I don't know if it's a secret sauce, I don't know what it is, <laughs> but there's got to be something that, triggers them to say, I can get over my shyness to do that. Is there, is there something that you've seen or is there something, is there a, a pattern of behavior or a mindset that seems to be consistent? I, I find it reminds me of um, a whole host of folks that I've worked with that were soft-spoken, quite shy, and some of the most successful people I've ever known in sales. And what um, what it reminds me of as well is something an old mentor said to me, which is, you know, if you slip and fall, nobody then kicks you while you're down. They, they, they lean down and they give you a hand and they help you up. It's okay to be shy or nervous or scared. And it's quite endearing to admit it. Mm. It's quite endearing to admit it. So if I fall or if I was, I can think of one presentation and, and I, look, I enjoy being at presentations. I enjoy it. So I, I feed off of it, but I did get nervous once or twice. I'm like, for no reason, you couldn't control it, right? It's a physiological reaction. Something just happened. My heart started beating faster. I'm, I'm getting sweaty. I'm nervous. And I just tell them that that's how I'm feeling. And what I find is just that it's not a weakness. It's not, it's okay to say, hey folks, you know, I'm just gonna stop for a second and take a breath. I'm so excited to be here that I'm actually nervous. I'm actually nervous. I don't want I don't want this opportunity to go any other way than the best it could possibly go. I want to make sure that I'm there to help you and that you get everything. I'm just I, I'm just having a moment. And what I've found is when I have said that, everybody sort of lets their shoulders down. They want to take care of you. They want to help you up off the ground a little bit. What that then leads to is some of the best performance I've ever had. So if you're shy, right, and you're speaking to someone who's maybe a little acerbic and a little come on, come on, tell me what's going on. Talk faster, talk faster. Maybe you just tell them, hey, um, you know, uh, I'm a, I tend to be a very uh, 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 thoughtful person when I speak. I tend to be very slow, uh, but please know it's not because I don't know what to say or what I want to say. It's just that I want to make sure I give you everything I can. I'm trying to be of service. Mm-hmm. And that will typically, that honesty, it's authentic, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And again, we forget to be human. We forget to be ourselves. What would you tell your friend? You would tell your friend, I'm feeling really nervous to go on this roller coaster. And they'd say, well, do you want to go on the roller coaster? Yes. Well, great. I'll hold your hand, you know, or, or I'll be right next to you. I'll sit in the seat next to you. Ask for help from your audience. It's okay. You're not there to be the greatest show person. You're there to be the greatest service person. And if you're there providing that great service, it's okay to be nervous. That's beautiful. Uh, his name is Judd Weiskill. He is the senior vice president of Madison Global, uh, and he is helping us understand the alchemy of sales and being successful at it. You're listening to him here or watching him here on A New Direction.
Hey, folks, uh, Epic Physical Therapy, their facilities offer the most advanced top-of-the-line equipment, things like the Alter-G Anti-Gravity Treadmill, the Normatec Compression Sleeves, Game Ready, that's just a few. Listen, they are trained and certified in the most comprehensive cutting-edge treatments available, like blood flow restriction therapy, dry needling, cupping, that's just a few. Listen, when you're ready for your Epic Relief, Epic Recovery, Epic Results, don't look any further. Go to the elite team of Epic Physical Therapy, that's epicpt.com, E-P-I-C, PT.com. Linda Craft Team Realtors, 39 years going strong, top of the real estate game. And guess what? They are looking for you. If you are a licensed broker in the state of North Carolina and you're in the greater Research Triangle Park area of Raleigh and that area, Chapel Hill, Durham, they are looking for an agent like you. Just go to lindacraft.com, look up, you know, join the team or learn more about the team. And I'm telling you, they're looking for you. Why not give them a try? It's really easy. Just go to lindacraft.com, L-I-N-D-A-C-R-A-F-T.com. And we're back here on A New Direction uh, with my friend, Judd Weiskull, uh, Senior VP of Madison Global, uh, talking the alchemy of successful sales. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Uh, so, uh, Jed, as we're in the, entering into the last segment here of the show, and by the way, you've been absolutely phenomenal. I knew you would be, but you're sometimes you're even better than I, I expect. I know how great you are, but then you get then you get uh, even better. And I'm like, going, how does he do that? I, I, I sit here and I go, how does he do that? All right, so we're in the sales process. Let's talk about successful sales after the sale. Mm. Yeah. So, so much of your business is, you know, you hear, it, it, it confounds me because you hear all these buzzwords, like build relationships and, you know, um, stay in touch with your, your, you know, your customers. And I always, I always sort of lean back. I'm, I'm not a cynic, but I have a cynical reaction to that, which is, um, forgive me, but my cynical reaction, well, duh, right? <laughs> because it would be, it would be a very dumb moment if you sold and walked away and never, ever, ever spoke to them again. But what never seems to follow is, how do I do that? What are the things that I'm supposed to do? And it goes back to add value, add value. You, you don't, again, these folks are your clients, your prospects, your partners. You might have some over the course of a career that you get close with and build a true friendship with, but most are just professional courtesy. There are other um, businesses you work with, and the way you stay uh, connected to them and learn and earn new opportunities from them is to continually be of service to them, especially especially when there's no more commission to be earned for that service, right? Remember, if you want them to remember you and, and think of you when needs are, are, are there and they wanna, and you want them to call you and you want those inbound leads that you've now, that you should have earned by this point, they still won't call you. They, you have to stay on top of that. And the way to stay on top of that and build relationships and, and, and think about your customers is look for opportunities to be of service. Do they participate in charities that you can maybe help out with or provide a donation? Do they, um, uh, uh, are they trying to earn continuing professional you know, education and you know a way to help them do that, that would be phenomenal. They're trying to get Six Sigma certified and you can set them up with a mentor. You have, you, the people we're talking to today in your audience, have such great networks and such great connections. And what they don't do is use them. And, and when I say use them, use them to be of service. Use them to not only help your network, but help your clients. Connect them. They can help each other and they'll be great. 
That's how you stay in front, by providing them continual service, not just on the thing you sold them, but in their holistic being. Mm. So it's going beyond, that's so good, because we have a tendency to want to think that we're providing value by giving them more things about what we've sold Mm -hmm. versus, okay, if I really know this person, right, and and I really do, they're really much bigger than what I've just sold them. What in their life can I do beyond them that can be of service to them, which will create, okay, that's, that's really, really I'll, good. I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, in the world I work in of sales, years ago, 20, 30 years ago, it was very common to do corporate gifts, right? And then, of course, the world cracked down on that because it's inappropriate. and It could be construed in all the wrong ways. And there was a whole generation of salespeople that I mentored and coached and was, in some cases, their leader. And they were confounded at how to continue to um, be friends with or approach the, 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 the clients that they had because they couldn't give them baseball game tickets or send them on a, a weekend away or they couldn't give a gift. And it, it took time. But my, my argument to them, my position to them was, you're the gift right? Be the gift. Mm. Call them up and say, you know, what's going on? When they tell you, offer to help with that thing, right? There's no reason that you can't find a way to add value and that value becomes the gift. And I think that's, again, what's changed in the, the world of sales. There's there's no way to um, push your way in. You have to earn your way in. And the way you earn it, I, I feel like a broken record, but it's so, so true. Be of service. Mm. Just be of service. Mm. That's beautiful. Okay, so we've 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 come through this whole sales cycle thing, but then there's this thing of referrals, mm-hmm. right? And I'm most business I think off you know operate. I think most salespeople operate out of referrals. I, I, I think they do. Talk about referrals and how. I, I don't know from your perspective how you either build that referral network, how you get those referrals. Talk to me about that because you're in a you're in a unique space uh, because you deal with a lot of Fortune 500 companies and that's a unique space. So talk to us about the referral thing because I'm sure you have a unique perspective on it. So one of the biggest challenges we have in the Fortune 500 B2B sales space is that the people we're selling to often move on and leave. So you build these great relationships and then that person stays in the organization but maybe moves to a new role or they move to a new organization. And so how do you sort of um, weigh that good, uh, in, you know, that good service you've provided if they're not directly there to help you anymore, right? How do you let the next person, you might have to resell to the next person. So one of the things when I think referrals is make sure you're set up to get referrals to whoever's replacing them. So you don't have to sell yourself. That person comes into that position selling you. I've worked with Madison. I've worked with Judd. They're wonderful. Here's why. Here's what they did so that they're setting the tone for your first call. Your first call isn't, even though you're my client or have been my client, I now have to re-earn the business. I have to prove myself again. I've already proven myself. It can be very draining if that's the kind of business. When you sell to fortune companies, it's really important to do this step because um, you will lose business as those transitions happen because new ideas, new people, new relationships, new bonds. So make sure the first referral you're thinking about is if the person I deal with is going to be leaving the company or moving to a different position, will they be kind enough? Can I ask them to refer me to the new person 
and and tell them all the great things we've done together. So we're setting up that. I want to be referred my own business, so to speak, right? Then there's the other type of referral. The other type is probably more so what you were looking for, which is the um, uh, I you know I know someone at another company or I know someone in, in another household who wants to buy my product or service. It can be followed exactly the way that we talked about at the top of the hour, which was, where are you today? Right? Where do you want to be? You know, what are your what are your strategies? What are you looking to do to get there? And and what's standing in your way? And when we look at those things, that's where if there's nothing, and we've helped them to do that, and we've walked them through that very briefly, that's where you can ask for a referral. So Jay, I just walked you through that, right? So now, is there anyone else that you know that that I could walk them through that too? And we could help them because that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking for an opportunity to be a service to someone else. And it's not a hard ask. It's a reminder. You and I did this great adventure together and we came out the other side in the best possible shape. I want to help more people do that as opposed to, hey, Jay, do you know anyone else who wants to buy my hamburgers? Or do you have any friends that have to be hungry and want to buy a hamburger? Right. That's that's salesy. Nobody. That's not human. Human is and authentic is I am so proud of the work we've done together. I am so grateful for the work we've done together. And I'm wondering if there's anyone else that you might like to help by introducing them to me so I can help them the way I helped you. That's a referral. That's a referral. Not, do you know anyone who's looking to, you know, mm. buy or sell? Or, mm, that's, that's uh, you know what that is? That's self-serving. And the minute you become self-serving, you're selling. And the minute you're selling, you're losing. You don't want to sell. Wow. I mean, that just, you know, that turns the whole tables on what mm-hmm. we're, I mean, what we're typically told in sales training. Yeah. Right. I mean, if you go to, I'm not mentioning any names, but there are, there is a sales training organization out there that, and, and there's a couple of them that will say, you know, you know, we'll phrase it just the way that, not the way that you did it right, but the other way of going, so who do you know uh, needs to buy or sell? Right. But the way you did it actually kind of goes, yeah, we're married now. I want to help you too. <laughs> I mean, to use your, to use your dating marriage thing. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and it's, it's, it's so, um, it's so honest. It's so honest. Right. Right. And, and, and it's so true. I am grateful. I look, I received income. I'm grateful for that. I received opportunity. I'm grateful for that. I also got the chance to see you thrive. I'm really grateful for that. And guess what? It's okay that income's part of it, but I want to repeat all of those things again. I'd like to make some more income. There's nothing wrong with that. I'd like to absolutely feel there's more opportunity for me to help. And I'd love to get that opportunity and see someone else thrive. That would really, really feed me right. in the most you know, soulful way. So how can I do that? How can I do that? Right. And that's asking for help. That's asking for help. Ask for help. That's, that's beautiful. I, I, I think as I think about, you know, I, I, I don't know why I'm not thought about the dating marriage relationship thing, but all of it really does apply. Yeah. I mean, think about it. Cause you know, like let's say the close is the marriage ceremony and then you divorce mm-hmm. them right away after you get married. Right. You never yeah. talk to them again. Right. right. So we never right. talk to them again. We Thanks. don't. Yeah. We, <laughs> and then, you know, I mean, you can push that so far, but the more I think about that, you know, and then if you are really married and if the relationship really is strong, then it's easy to say, Hey, honey, I need a little help or, you know, how, you know, how can I help you? I mean, the, the, 
the analogy works so well. Jay, I talk to every prospect and client exactly how I speak to my closest friends, right? And I don't assume um, that closeness, but I speak to them that way. Uh-huh. I speak to them with, and what I mean by that is I speak to them with care. I speak to them with compassion. I speak to them with, with uh, honesty and candor. And I say the difficult things that need to be said sometimes between friends or between family so you can build a stronger bond. And I'll, I'll, I know we're, you know, we're getting close to time today, but that's really where I find more salespeople win. The W sometimes, more often than not, comes from a moment of candor, mm. having the courage and the confidence again in that I'm of service to say in the most thoughtful uh, and gentle way, don't believe you, or that doesn't ring true to me, or after everything we've, we've discussed, that's not the truth table. The truth table shows true, not false. That is the hardest part of the sale, in my opinion. Everyone thinks the hardest part is getting the opportunity. The hardest part is when you've earned the opportunity and they still say no. And that's where a moment of candor has to come into play. That has to come into play. And if you're not brave enough, confident in it, in your service and what you've done and what you've told them, you're not going to come across as anything other than self-serving. Well, now you're just whining and I'm not giving you the business. And that's not at all what you're doing. You're trying to say, I want to help. And I need to say something right now with your permission that may sound a little bit candid because it's going to be, and it's going to be really uncomfortable for me to say. I acknowledge that, by the way. I will always acknowledge that I am not comfortable saying the uncomfortable things. But then you know what I do? I say it. I say it anyway. And that's what's led to the most wins in my career. And that's what's what led to the most wins for all of the people that I have coached in the last 20, 25 years. It's walking them to that clip and saying, sometimes you just have to jump. You have to jump. And, you know, you said in your opening that it's about faith. You know, you, you pour the coffee, you start the car. Well, you have to have a little faith that there's water when you jump off the cliff. You're going to land in water. One way or the other, you're going to be fine. So be candid and stand your ground, but do it with compassion and service in mind. Mm, beautiful. Uh, Judge, you've been great. Uh, today, the hour has gone by really, really fast. Um, first of all, thank you, friend, for jumping in and doing this with me. You, uh, this is one of the most fabulous shows I've ever done, so thank you. Um, if people want to get a hold of you, uh, how can they do that? Sure. Uh, you can go to our uh, website, which is madisontg.com or madisonglobal.com. You can go to either one of those websites. You can also find me via email at my first initial last name. And if you're watching the show, it's on the screen, J-W-E-I-S-G-A-L at madisonpg.com. Perfect. Thanks, Judd. Stay with me. Hey, folks, you know at the show, I say to you that there's three things that you're in control of every day of your entire life. That is your attitude, your effort, and your resiliency. I know that things can be difficult because it's life, right? But you still can control how you respond to it. That's your attitude. You can control how much effort you give. That's your excellence. And then you can control if you want to get back up again after you've been knocked down. That's your resiliency. That's your perseverance. And you know what? If you have those three things, you're unstoppable. So take advantage of those today. I'll be back next week with another great guest. It's going to be another great book as far as I know, which means that it's going to be another great show. As I say to you all over the world, you had a lot of choices. You chose us. Thank you. And you know what I said. Ciao. Everybody. You can find the strength to
Find your strength.